Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. We're sometimes fortnightly, we're sometimes monthly. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. You paused for a long time before introducing me. I thought you'd yeah, forgotten. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> a I fraction think I of a second longer. <laughs> yeah, I paused after Frank, as though you'd say, it's me, Peter, for me saying Frank. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm saying this intro really quickly. I was kind of listening to myself as I said it. What can I say? I'm very tired, listener. It's been a long week. It was a late night last night. I'm, I'm trying manfully to hold it together and uh, struggling. How are you doing, Peter? Uh, yes, much better than last week, actually. Oh, uh-huh, great. wasn't feeling great last week, but this week I'm um, hot and rocked. I don't know where I'm going with this. Hot to trot? Hot to trot, yeah. there we go. So this episode is not an investigator-specific episode, but we do have not one, but A actually specific two investigator new investigators. That we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Well, there's there's been a... Since the news drought for Arkham, there have been a couple of things happening. We've got a new parallel investigator. Oh, yeah. I know that you're pretty excited about Peter Well, I did, I'm not necessarily excited. I did say, I think I said to you that one of his cards is totally broken. <laughs> oh, totally broken? <laughs> yeah. It's a different, different from excited. Hashtag yeah. totally broken. Yeah. But but I, that's not what we're talking about, I don't think. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the definitely not broken and... Very easy to understand. Wonderful. Maxine Newman design swan song. So we thought that the Scarlet Keys was Maxine's final offering for Arkham Horror, the card game. And then she popped up from whatever rock she was hiding under or wherever she was working on to say, oh yeah, actually, sorry, by the way, I also did something else. And she has taken part in designing the blob that ate everything else which is a sort of expansion, I guess, for the Blob That Ate Everything. It's new cards, but it comes with a new investigator as well. It's coming out at Gen Con this year. That's next week at the time of recording, but I think by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been a couple of weeks ago. And so, yeah, Maxine's final offering for Arkham is Subject 5U21, also known as Susie. So what we thought we'd do in this episode is work our way through Susie as though we would with any new investigator, Mm -hmm. have a read, try and get our head around the different things that they do, maybe see what thoughts that provokes. Definitely coming at this from a place not of we've got this worked out and we're telling you everything about it and much more how do we even begin to think about this. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I said to you before we started recording, I uh, she's not embedded herself. Sorry, is it she or they? You use they. Great question. Yeah, I was using the uh, she. In the article, it says, like subject 8L08 before her, Susie is capable. She begins the game with her signature asset. So maybe she is a she. Cool. We'll stick with she if it's used in the article. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So she's not not wormed her way into my brain. And, and like, I don't have a complete picture of how she works in my head. So I've read all the mm. cards. I could tell you what all the cards do, especially because you've sent pictures of them all to me. Yeah, but <laughs> I could read them out to you, the listener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't understand the picture of, yeah. of how she plays and what cards she wants to take. So yeah, let's let's. Dive should, should we in read her out? Work that out. Yeah, I think I think we should. Yes. Should I go first? I was going to say something else. What okay. Forgetting. Oh yeah, it's just that, that, like, completely tangential point. We don't need to talk about, but. 
I wonder as well if that's slightly how we've changed in our approach to Arkham, that historically someone like Susie might have inspired a day of us messaging each other. Yeah. And now we both read it, maybe made a couple of comments to each other, yeah. but haven't dived in in the same way. And I just think of it in terms of the ebb and flow of interest in the game, the ebb and flow of like time to play the game, mm. our interest in other games and so on and so forth. Anyway, that could be an episode in and of itself. Yeah. But it's... I also I think, don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you haven't ne- like necessarily memorized every single thing about this card and have eighteen hot takes. That's not our. We're not required to do that as podcasters. Think we're it's required part- to just be ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But partly it's it's a things like this. I, I kind of like to talk about with you mm, rather it's than like the Charlie Kane episode, right? Yeah, exactly. You kind of work through these kinks in my understanding by voicing <laughs> them out loud to someone else. You, in yeah. this case. Yeah, yeah. Rather than arriving at a conversation with here are my well-thought-out <laughs> Yes. it's much more, <laughs> let's see where we go, let's run this up the flagpole. So yeah, please, why don't you read out the front of Susie's yeah, card? Yeah, excellent. So we have uh, Subject 5U21, also known as Susie, the Anomaly. She has all stats at one, so one willpower, one intellect, one combat, one agility, and she has six health and six sanity. Her... Trade. I'm I'm having like a whiplash, uh, a, a, a terminology whiplash because last week we talked about Earthborn Rangers. A lot <laughs> yeah, of terminology yeah. in Earthborn Rangers is still in my head. Yeah, she's got one focus, yeah. one spirit, <laughs> one fitness, one awareness. Yeah. So yes, she has the the trait manifold. You begin the game with ravenous brackets controlled hunger in play. During each upkeep phase, draw one additional card and devour a non-weakness player card in your hand. Free trigger. Devour a non-story card controlled by an investigator at your location. Limit once per round. Elder Sign Effect. Plus two. After this test ends, you may add a devoured card to its owner's hand. There's a lot to wrap your head around on there, isn't there? Point one. Ravenous hunger. Uh, Ravenous is in play. Controlled hunger. Point two. She has the Amanda extra card draw ability. And the Amanda it up put a card to one side ability. Yeah, so she's a draw two, but some a card gets used for something. We don't yet know what devouring does. She's got the free trigger to devour a second card. So she can she can devour twice a turn. She has to devour once and she can devour twice. And then the Elder Sign is a way of getting back devoured cards. Mm-hmm. The first devour is from her own hand but her free trigger allows her to vow from anyone Yes, at, at her location. So that's kind of curious as well. Yes. So, yeah, we'll need to find out what devouring does and why and so on and so forth. So just looking at this, what are your thoughts about how she plays before we go any further? <laughs> I think that my, my headline thought is, this is, Susie comes from the same designer who designed Calvin, Lola and Amanda. Yes. And I feel like we can see shades of all of them. And in fact, Charlie, we can see shades of all of them in the stat line, in the extra draw. I My assumption is devouring cards is going to build up her power a bit like the blob devours things and gets bigger and bigger. So I'm assuming that I'm going to want to draw lots of cards so that I have options for what to devour. And there's going to be kind of a mini game in playing Susie, which is all about what do, what do I devour? And the people have spare cards I can devour and so on and so forth. How about you? Without diving into what devour means, my immediate thought is 
there's a way so when I assess what an investigator can do, typically I don't take into account the elder sign effect. Mm, if you take mm-hmm, into the elder yeah. sign, account the elder sign effect, you could potentially be looking at recharging assets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So she could devour like a forty-five automatic that has run out of ammo and then just bring it back to someone's hand. But no, we'll discount that. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking if you're devouring cards in play you're maybe looking at cards that have got Doom on them or you're having assets that have a lot of uses which which can just be disposed of underneath mm. her. Mm-hmm. was my immediate thought. And potentially she can devour weakness assets, can't she? Yeah, so the two devourability she has, the first is a card, a non-weakness player card from her hand, yes. but then the free trigger is a non-story card controlled by an investigator at your location. So not so, not a yeah. treachery weakness, but mm-hmm. say is Baron Samadhi an asset, or is he a, does he go into a threat area? Oh, great question. He takes up the ally slot. I'd have to double check. Uh, but Necronomicon goes into your player yep. area, mm-hmm. I believe. So yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few a bit like that. I think Dendromorphosis maybe goes into your player area as well. I can't remember. Mm, mm-hmm. Anyway, there's probably a handful that go into your player area and she okay. can devour them directly. It's niche, well, but I thought yeah, I'd mention that's, it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's a good good point. Yeah. And of course, with a stat line like this, there's not much for us to immediately hang a hat on in terms of what she does or doesn't do. So straight away, I'm thinking, does she use survivor tricks to pass tests? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Or, you know, like Charlie, does she have other ways of boosting her stats? So shall we look at ravenous controlled hunger first and get our heads around this devour before we flip her over? That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. So ravenous controlled hunger is an asset. Fun fact, if you haven't seen the art for Susie and all of her cards, they look like normal cards, but they're smeared in blob goo. Yes. Which is just (laughs) wonderful. So it's a null-costed asset. It's a talent. It is permanent, and it's subject 5U21 deck only. Each time you devour a card, place it face down beneath Ravenous. You get plus one to each of your skills for each card beneath Ravenous, max plus five. And there's a forced effect. If there are five or more cards beneath Ravenous, flip it over. Yes. So now we know what happens to devoured cards. Every time she devours a card, she stats up. Mm-hmm. So round one, you're definitely going to devour in upkeep. But you could use the free triggered ability to devour a card even quicker. Yes. So you by the end of the round you might be three 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 if yes. you wanted to be. But as soon as she gets to five cards under there, this is flipped over. Mm-hmm. Max. What does it flip over to? Well hang on. If you get plus one to each of your skills, you get plus one to max plus five. Forced. If there are five or more cards beneath it. So how would you ever get plus five? Because surely as soon as you get five yeah. cards, it flip. Flip it over and see what it says. Okay, cool. So the other side is uncontrolled hunger. So we've got a controlled hunger and then uncontrolled hunger. It's a flaw rather than the talent. It's weakness traded. It's a weakness asset. And it's subject 5U21 deck only permanent. Each time you devour a card, set it aside out of play. You get plus one to each of your skills for each card beneath Ravenous, max plus five. And it has a forced effect at the end of your turn, devour a non-story card beneath Ravenous or controlled by an investigator at your location. If there's nothing beneath Ravenous, 
flip it over. Yeah, okay. So, so actually, you can't get to plus five on the front. You can. No, but as soon as there's five cards beneath, you flip it over. Yeah. So you're at plus four to all your stats. Oh, plus, four. I see what you mean, yeah. Then you, put you go to five and, and then, you flip, and then flip it over. Yeah. So you can't, you're still getting the plus five to your stats. You'll get the plus yes. five on the other side, yeah, but it's yeah. probably just for consistency it's written like that. But you can't yes. get to 6666 on the front. Without becoming uncontrolled. Yes. Yeah. The other big switch up here when you switch to uncontrolled is that then when you devour cards, and of course you still have to do that at the end of each upkeep mm-hmm. they don't go under ravenous they go out of play yes. so you're just so that's cards from your hand that are just going out of play if you were to use Susie's free trigger ability that would also just go out of play and you gain this forced effect at the end of your turn you have to find things to devour and so that's either things underneath ravenous so eating into your stats yeah or cards controlled by an investigator at your location going back to what you said of if there are you know assets out there with no charges or assets with doom or things that people are happy to devour potentially you could keep susie at 6666 stat yeah yeah if you can keep as on long as the stuff other things to eat yeah. yeah but she's eating a card from hand every turn which is going out of play and we also need to find assets in play that she's consuming so it kind of gets complex in that way yes yes absolutely she'll be going through a deck very she like she could just eat her whole deck eventually yeah, yeah. Unlike any other investigator, she could just just tap out. The other thing to bear in mind is you can't mm-hmm. if you use her free trigger. So her free trigger, when she's controlled, will stack up your stats by going under ravenous. Mm. Once you've gone uncontrolled, those cards no longer go under ravenous, and you cannot use the free trigger to devour a card that is under ravenous. So you can't use that. It, it, it accelerates your mm-hmm. ravenous when you're controlled, but it can't be used to bring you back under control more quickly. Because, because those cards are just devour cards when she's uncontrolled, they just go out of play. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. The only way you could do that is using the forced effect on uncontrolled hunger to slowly reduce your stats. Yes. And <laughs> to do that as well, for ravenous uncontrolled, to get it back to controlled... You're limited to one card a turn, and you're forced to go all the way back down to one 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 stats. Yes, just to get it to flip back over. That's which right. is pretty yes. punishing. Yeah, 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 it really is. So that's like five five turns work of, you know, in theory, like a top tier play here. Maybe you'd say, right, I'm I'm about to become uncontrolled, and that's okay because at the point of the scenario we're in, I'm happy to ebb all the way back down to one, and then I'll rebuild really quickly. But saying that. Given the scenario-specific episodes we've done recently, you know, if a scenario is, say, between 15 and 20 turns, that's a third or a quarter of the game where you're just letting your stats ebb away. Yeah. Not not ideal, I would say. Certainly not having multiple turns where you're like, oh, that's fine, I don't mind doing nothing this turn. Should we flip her over and look at her deck building now? Yes. Because we're going to yeah. start wanting to talk I'm about I'm sure this is going to be simple as well. Yeah. This, okay. This right. So we have deck size 50. I'm already, I'm already excited because I love that 50, 50 deck. Already we're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Okay. Uh, deck building options, neutral cards level 0 to 5, cards from any class level 0. Deck building requirements do not count towards deck size. Ravenous, three copies of regurgitation, three copies of reality asset, and two random basic weaknesses. Uh, deck building restrictions, no permanence except story and signature permanence. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, additional requirements. Your deck must include at least seven cards from each class. So, and then it lists the, the, all the classes. Additional upgrade options. After each scenario ends, separate each card you devoured beneath Ravenous and set aside by class. Before the next scenario in this campaign, you may spend experience to purchase or upgrade one or more cards of any level from the class with the most devoured cards. If there is a tie, you choose one. That breaks the deck build the, the deck building options setup, but yes, by the golden rule, that's that's allowed. Yeah, yeah. It also breaks Arkham DB, but that's another <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I just poor Arkham DB person tearing <laughs> yeah. their hair out. Oh no, not another one. <laughs> I did think when when the the Pete, I looked at the Pete requirements or the, the Pete the Pete. Parallel, Parallel Pete, Pete yeah. options, and I'm like, oh, it's, it's another awkward one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so we need we'll this. need to build like a new DB to help Arkham DB with the deck building options. So I'm just let's run through all of this again. Deck size of fifty. Yeah. So nice big deck. The only time we've seen that before is with Mandy. Yeah. Fascinating deck building options. She's a neutral zero to five, and then anything at level zero. So. Essentially, any deck you've built for any investigator, as long as you've not used in the thick of it, yeah, you could just put into Susie, and then you'd need to fill out the extra twenty cards. And thirty-five of those cards are going to be level zero cards from the different classes. Yeah, that, that's the rub, isn't it? That if you've built a, I don't know, a Nathaniel Cho deck that's all Guardian cards, that won't port into Susie. <laughs> yeah, you need, yeah. you need to have, yeah. have fit in at least a 28 cards from other classes. So actually, yeah. hang on, it's not just 50, is it? It's 56, 7, 8. Yeah, so final deck is 58 because of the regurgitation reality acid and two random basic weaknesses yeah it's a big deck but she is drawing two, two cards, cards a turn. turn so so it lasts it's not quite twice as big as a normal deck mm-hmm. but your starting hand is only, still only five cards so you've got you'd normally have 25 cards left she has 53 mm-hmm. so her deck if you don't draw any cards her deck will still last just a bit longer after 53 is 25 26 and a half so yeah. without drawing cards it's it's about the same if not just a little bit longer than a regular deck mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is interesting yeah yeah it is interesting and it means her random basic weakness density is slightly higher so your deck is just more than twice as big and you have two random basic weaknesses in there mm-hmm. yeah but also she's got three weaknesses She's got five weaknesses. She's got three copies of reality. Yes, acid. she's got and, yeah, and three yeah. copy of three copies of a base yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, five of fifty-eight. Whew, well, the no permanence except story and signature permanence is curious, but I think in a way is just helpful for us because it's just one less thing to think about. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It means you, you can't devour them, I guess, because they can't leave play. But they still, yeah. Anyway, well, let's not worry about that too much. So. The thing that, that jumps to mind straight away for me is a lot of what applies to Calvin in terms of deck building, in terms of how to make him good at doing stuff, also applies to Susie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is this, her stats can be very good, but she'll need some additional cards for the kind of efficiency, action efficiency. Yes. So I'm thinking of things like 
deduction and vicious blow. Yeah. Potentially weapons that don't necessarily boost her stats. But then, like, she will spend some of the game with quite middling stats, won't she? Mm hmm. It's very curious in that way. And she'll spend some of the game with a willpower that's as good as any of her other stats. So, in theory, she could also be doing the mystic thing and be essentially like Diana Stanley yeah, and yeah, and transition yeah. into spells if she wanted to. Well, do you want to build her so that she has certain cards that are usable from a low stat to certain cards that are usable at a high stat? Yeah, and then if you draw all your high stat cards when your stats are low, you're, you're stymied. And it's a fascinating thing, isn't it? Because you can go... Do you want to build her as well where a little bit like in Lola... When you're picking your classes, you pick focuses within those classes. So if I'm taking Guardian, it's only going to be damage. It's not going to be anything else. And if I'm taking Seeker, it's only going to be card draw. Well, you build potentially you you pick your survivor cards that have used the the, the fail effect. So look what I found and all that that genre of stuff. Mm-hmm. You Lucky. Could, yeah, yeah. You could build into Take that part. Yeah, because she's not limited in the same way that. Lola is by she no. can mix and match the classes in a turn. So yeah, you could absolutely. you could, for instance, pack her arcane slots with uh, say if, if you're you're fulfilling like a clue finding slash fighting role, mm-hmm. you could take you know sixth sense and shriveling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and just stick those in your arcane slots. And then when your willpower is high, in when you're full, fat and full of, of lovely cards, you could mm-hmm. be using those. And then you drop back down, and then you switch back over to using, look what I found, etc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That feels like a way it could work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You get your base skills stay low as well. Yes. So some of those survivor tricks that work in Calvin, like Rise to the Occasion, and mm-hmm. what's that? Ah, I can never remember the name, where you put in... Bless tokens for the difference between... Signum Crucius. Signum Crucius, yeah. There's another one as well that does something similar, the difference between you and the the test difficulty. I can't what it is now. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. It's against... Against all odds. odds. Yeah. Yeah. That's level two, though. So you'd have to upgrade into it by devouring lots of survivor cards. So yeah, some of those tricks work as well. I'll throw that in. And you you were going to say something, Frank, sorry. I think that's that's a really good point. If we want to build on the Calvin thing, there's another thing to note here, which is that she only has six health and six sanity. Mm-hmm. So Survivor Soak might be really worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. And generally, you know, staying alive. The other thing I'd say load where that she up differs... with damage and horror and then consume it. So if you've got mm. like a level one leather coat. Yeah, yeah. But then it's so difficult. You can only get one class upgrade per scenario, can't you? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, one yeah. or more. Well, one or more. To upgrade one or more cards of any level from the class yeah. with most of our cards. So just before we get to that, the other thing to note here is that unlike Lola, where you get to pick three classes, with Susie you have to pick five. Yes. We our deck could end up being twenty-eight cards across four classes, and then the remaining twenty-two all from Survivor, if that's what we wanted to do. I imagine it will end up as more of a mishmash. And I think the challenging thing will be about finding what to put in from each class, even when you've decided, well, actually, I don't really need many cards from Rogue, say. Although, why would you say that? Because Rogue's amazing. 
even as we're talking about it, I'm thinking, do you do almost like a best of deck where you running, I don't know, Faustian Bargain and Lucky Cigarette Case from Rogue and then draw from Seeker and Deduction and Vicious Blow. And, you know, you just essentially cherry pick a load of powerful cards that would go into any level zero deck from that class yeah. and see how it fits together. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, I'm also thinking as well, memory of mine of building Lola is that the neutral skills are really useful in Lola because her stats are threes. Yeah. And it gives you that sort of pseudo deck thinning or the cantrip effect. And I'm wondering if Susie might like that with a particularly large deck. Actually drawing a, a leaf from Mandy's book as well of, do you want search effects? Because your deck's so huge, you might want to have be a little bit selective about what you're drawing. Yeah, the density, just because, density of any card's going to be lower because you've got more cards and you can still only have three as, three as a max. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, that in itself could be problematic say you run say you want to be a fighter and you put in eight weapons even 10 weapons there's still a possibility that you don't see them for a very long time so search effects might be something that she's interested in okay you started us talking about upgrades and i'm really glad you mentioned one or more so she gets to upgrade only down one class when she upgrades Mm, only per scenario yeah so you could spread out what you devour to cherry pick cards. Mm-hmm. And she- for the next scenario, you may spend experience to purchase one or more cards of the, any level from the class with the most devoured. So I could devour six cards, and as long as two are survivor and everything else is ones, then I get to upgrade survivor cards. Yeah. So what you want to, you probably want to have a plan for what your upgrades are going to be yeah. close to the end of the scenario, and then mm-hmm. target devouring. Just imagine the scenario where you're like you reach over and devour one of Roland's guns. <laughs> so you're like, well, I really want to spend some Guardian XP, so sorry, Roland, yeah. I need this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nom, 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 nom. There's the possibility as well that if Ravenous is uncontrolled by the end of the scenario, and there's no non-story cards controlled by an investigator at your location, you start having to remove things from... Oh no, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. It doesn't care about Sorry, I'm, this is learning as we're doing it. It doesn't care if the card is devoured beneath Ravenous or set aside. So even if you then remove cards from Ravenous by the uncontrolled hun- hunger ability, it's still going to... The only only issue is just devouring cards. You don't, you're never going to have a situation where you lose a card from one of the classes and that stops you. I got there in the end. <laughs> Should we look at her signature cards, their weakness and her... her Let's her, do it. Yeah. You first. So she has three copies of Regurgitation. This is a zero-cost event with a wild icon. It's power-traded. The art is, as you imagine, a power-traded card. I mean, that's normally on treacheries. Power? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember seeing one ever. In the Clutches of Chaos is where I'd go to for powers. So one said, so we were having a conversation that it's it's Netrunner spoiler season at the moment for Mm. non-signal games. Mm -hmm. And there was a reference to, to Trojan cards. And okay. I said, oh, is, are these new? And then someone in my group chat shared, oh, no, no, there's loads of Trojan cards. And it was like, you know, Parasite and all the the, the chess, the Kaiser cards. from. Okay. Like the, and I was like, how have I, I... I've played these cards a million times and I've never noticed they have the, the Trojan trait. 
But then hopefully someone else pointed out that. No, they added it. (laughs) 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 It was added later on. um, I think under Null Signal Games, but maybe, I don't know whether it was still official at that point. Um, Well, get ready for this then, Peter. (laughs) How many cards in Arkham Horror, the card game, the living card game, have the power trait? Oh my god. Um, Only these two. Um, um, it's not. It hasn't existed before on your your. your okay, a little bit higher than that. Go on, forty-seven. What are they all treacheries? Including claws of steam from the Essex County Express. Okay, right. Hasta's gaze from Black Star's Rise. Light of a Forgamon from the Danish Legacy. Passage into the Vale from Miskatonic Museum, and so on and so forth. What's linking these cards? I don't understand what the Serpent's Call. I feel like powers seem like they're quite just impactful and sort of like a something happening that's not a spell, but it's just like a, the mythos doing something. Supernatural ability or something. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's look at the so cards. There's, and there's a shed load of them. Yeah, okay, yeah. Fine, fine. I stand corrected. Yeah. Anyway, shall we start working our way through the powers in this episode? Yes. <laughs> we please. used we used yeah. uh, the Susie episode just to get into a as, trade episode. As a Trojan so, horse. Ooh, oh, love it. Right. So regurgitation is a power. It's Susie deck only. Fast play only during your turn. If ravenous, uncontrolled hunger is face up, flip it over. Choose and return up to three cards you devoured beneath Ravenous or set aside, to their owner's hands. For each card returned in this way, heal one damage or one horror. This is quite nice. So we get yeah. Yeah, we get a Ravenous flip and get three cards back. Ah, so you have to flip it over. If it's if it's you can it doesn't have to be. So you could still play this when you're controlled. Yeah. Yeah. But if you are flipped over, so so really, what what is a nice play is to allow it to flip, and then play this to flip it back, and you start back on the other side, but with a few more turns before you flip again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you get yeah. get you get a heal as well, and you essentially draw those cards. It's like what we were saying mm. last week about fatigue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. So you could play this when you're on four cards devoured under controlled hunger. You know that at the end of this round you're going to go to uncontrolled and you just play regurgitation, draw three cards back. Your stats drop to twos across the board and you start building again. That is, I think, the very conservative play. Mm -hmm. Or what you're saying is you let it flip, you devour a couple of cards, maybe from in play from other people or a couple of cards from underneath Ravenous. And then you play regurgitation and you flip back. You're you're at say three cards devoured at that point mm. with you know a couple from set aside. So the thing I I really like about this just as a sort of baseline is there are ways of getting cards back once they've been devoured. Yeah. And I could imagine feeling very stressed playing Susie if every time I'm devouring a card I know there's no return for it. Yeah. And I've got three copies of this, so I definitely think I'm fishing for this and want this so to do stuff for me. Nine cards, so that's nine turns worth of devouring cards, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or less if you're if you're eating them using her free trigger. Now, what you could do yeah. is if you're going to flip, because you can only play this during your turn. Yeah. If you're going to flip, you devour a card in front of someone else. Yep. When you're at four, flip your hunger, then play this straight away and give that card back to that player straight away. Which ties yes. into what I said earlier about refreshing 
mm-hmm. some kind mm-hmm. of acid that uses charges. So they played. I I devour your empty shriveling. Forbidden knowledge is my is my go to for okay, charges yeah. on it for some reason <laughs> for uses yeah. on it. So you devour forbidden knowledge, pass it back to their hand. They play it again. They play it again. Yeah, super nice. I mean, this card I think is it does a lot of good things as well because of also as you mentioned, there's also the healing there. Mm. So given that she only has a health pool of six six, it's really nice to just know that potentially you can heal nine across the game as well. Yeah. And what about her signature weakness? Peter? Yeah, we've got Reality Acid, which is the name of the treachery in mm-hmm. the blob, and it's yeah. the same art, is it? I think so, yeah. One, it's it's the fun juice in the blob scenario. It's the one that does all the weird stuff. Yeah, it is the same art. So, Revelation. So this is, sorry, Reality Acid, weakness, and it has the power trait. Revelation. Oh, is this the second time that they've it's, used that? I think trait? so, yeah. If ravenous, brackets, controlled hunger, close brackets, is face up, flip it over. You devour a random aspect of reality, reveal a random chaos token from the chaos bag, and consult the reality acid reference card to determine what you devoured. And I don't think we need to read all of these, but just let's just pick a couple. Like, zero is the top card of each investigator's deck. Uh, minus two, a non-story, non-weakness asset controlled by investigator your location. Like a minus four, the top two, the top two cards of each investigator's deck, etc., etc. Let's look at some of the special symbols because they're normally fascinating as well. So skull is one card beneath ravenous at random. That's beneficial, isn't it? Your stats go down, yeah. But you're closer to flipping back. Tablet each event played by investigators at your location until the end of the next investigation phase. (laughs) That could like absolutely lock down what people are about to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and Elder Thing here, playing into your your technique. The player card at your location with the most evidence, supplies, ammo, charges, or secrets on it. Not quite the, hey, hey, I'm going to refresh this for you. Because it gets set aside as well. Yeah, there, goes, there goes the BAR. Yeah, yeah that's brutal. <laughs> Interesting. So, Reality Acid has switched Ravenous to Uncontrolled. Yeah. So that means all the devouring that happens after that are going straight to set aside. They're not boosting your stats. There's no way of making them boost your stats. Interestingly, I think Mm -hmm. you can make an argument. This is one of those weaknesses that's really good to control when you draw it. Mm -hmm. Because if you can draw it with zero or one card, in fact, if you draw it when there's zero cards under controlled hunger, it'll flip it back at the end of the turn. As long as you devour a card controlled by another investigator. In fact, that's something... Mm. Yes. That's bad. (laughs) Um, So you kind of want one card. If there's one card under the controlled hunger when you pull Reality Acid, you devour whatever token you pull. Can't help that. But then at the end of the turn, you devour the card beneath the uncontrolled hunger at this point, and it flips straight back over. Yes. So... And that's because the forced effect on uncontrolled is at the end of your turn, devour a non-story card beneath Ravenous or controlled by an investigator at your location. And obviously if there's nothing under Ravenous, you're then devouring a card controlled by an investigator. Mm. No, if there's no cards underneath uncontrolled, or ra- underneath your Ravenous when you flip it to the uncontrolled side, at the end of the turn, you will have to devour a, a non-story card Controlled by mm-hmm. an investigator your location. Yeah. So that's a brutal one. Like, it's the old crypt, first turn crypt chill, isn't it? Yeah. Your opponent, like, damage, oh, yeah. great, I can play my, I've got enough money to play my uh, 
my beat cop. And then yeah. Susie draws this somehow during her turn, and then boom, had to swallow yeah. the beat cop. Other thing to note is that the reality acid random chaos token thing, there's always going to be something that gets devoured there as well. Yes. It could be a nice thing, but what it means is that pool of devoured set-aside cards just keeps growing. Even some of the positive effects, I'm saying that in air quotes, like a plus one is the top card of each investigator's discard pile, that still might be cards that people want to see again. And so you suddenly start gaining in targets for regurgitation, and you might people might be really hopeful that you're going to regurgitate something from set aside. And obviously, the more cards you regurgitate from set aside, the more likely you are to be in ravenous, uncontrolled hunger because you're not removing cards from underneath ravenous. Mm. So yeah, that's a kind of tricky situation. Do you remember in Scarlet Keys, little Scarlet Keys? sort of discussion here for people who haven't played Scarlet Keys you can skip ahead in Scarlet Keys there's what's it called where the cards are being um, swallowed up oh um, hollowed hollowed yeah hollowed yeah and remember in hollowed you might have a card that's hollowed and you're like don't worry I can get that back I've got this effect and then you get another card that's hollowed and so it's like oh okay I'll get this one back this turn and then I'll hope to get that one back next turn Mm. and then something else gets hollowed and you get stuck in this little spiral of I would like to get all of these cards back, but I just can't get them back in time. I think regurgitation is similar, where I can see very quickly that set-aside devoured pile getting big, and regurgitation is then, let's pick and choose the key cards we need here, rather than let's reset this pile. Do you agree? Yes. No, I I agree. Cool. So do these two cards, to me, these two cards don't undo anything we said about her deck-building. I think what we said about the direction she wants to go, which is making best use of her ebbing and flowing stats. Mm-hmm. So you, you're not just waiting to build yourself, but you're not just useful every few turns. Mm-hmm. That feels like a way to go with her. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. And you, I think as you, well... You potentially want to be have some redundancy in the assets you have. And I think maybe cheap yeah. assets. You know what? Like You're almost incentivized to play cheap assets and use them then devour mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. right yeah so like devour targets yeah. cheap cheap so cheap uh cheap assets like the pop down a flashlight use all three charges yeah. eat the empty flashlight yeah. yeah treasure hunter just pop him down and then swallow him that kind of thing <laughs> treasure hunter's xp though oh, of course he is yeah bend yeah. your precious xp on yeah, that's yeah. right the xp side of Susie is wild to me I think your suggestion about sort of following Calvin might be a really worthwhile one. Yeah. The other thing I'm thinking about, Calvin, the challenge for Calvin is, does he have enough access in class for the kind of compression that his stats want him to have? Yeah. And Susie doesn't have that problem at all. So you might only follow Calvin insofar as the what do you do when your stats are low, and then you might be leaning elsewhere actually reminds me of Charlie Kane as well. It's like you can get your stats really high and then your selection of secondary classes is really important for what do you do with those stats. Yeah. Do you do you run a weapon just so you can do regular damage or are you looking elsewhere? Yeah. And yeah, I've got to I've got to be honest with you Peter, I'm daunted by an investigator that's <laughs> essentially 0 to 5 every class. Yeah. Yeah. Like I find that a little bit overwhelming to know what what to do with that. Does she like Myriad if she's got a 50-card deck? 
Does that give us a bit of consistency, a bit like Mandy leaning into Myriad? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, mm. What Myriad cards might she really like? Yeah, I mean, Astounding Revelation, obviously, if she's searching her deck, is nice. Plenty of Myriad, though, is higher level. I would, You know, the, my train of thought, this is a very unformed thought, is does she like customizable? And then I thought about Power Word and... You know, power words a way of doing things when you don't have stats and you can run three copies of it if you put the XP into it. Yeah. But it's a, uh, yeah, she's, yeah, daunting. Daunting is my headline word there. Amazing of Maxine to end with just like an absolute brain burner. <laughs> Mic drop, yeah. Yeah. What it feels like for me, this is probably my final point on Susie, all the way through the history of Arkham Horror, while Maxine has been lead designer, she's wanted to push the boundaries of what the game can do. Yeah. She's so rarely stayed safe. Or you've seen her just, yeah, pushing, sort of trying things out or seeing how the rules framework can handle something like Time Warp, time warp or not, or Luke Robinson or not. Yeah. And it feels like Susie's a similar thing. Not so much for rules headaches, but just for what about we just go for this and have access to everything in a completely wild way? You've got a mini game as you're playing with how you're devouring things, but that also affects how you upgrade things, which is just incredible in itself. You've got complete freedom with how you build Susie. It's wonderful. How about you, Peter? Final thoughts, closing thoughts? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll echo the intimidation. <laughs> yeah. We're getting quieter and quieter as the episode goes on, as we wrap our heads around yeah. what we're dealing with, the scale of it. I think she will reward someone who builds just a, I don't necessarily the word is like tool, toolboxy. Mm-hmm. You don't build the deck with an engine in mind. You build the deck with kind of a few themes that work well together. And then you mm-hmm. put in the cards mm-hmm. that relate to that theme but you've just got to be aware that bits of that of your engine, bits of your deck, will, could just be eaten and they'll just go. And you need to build your deck with that in mind, which I find very intimidating. Like you, I've just got this kind of aversion, visceral dis- disgust, <laughs> <laughs> losing cards um, yeah. and, and knowing I yeah. can't get them back. Very challenging in that way. I mean, she's a real agent of chaos anyway, because you can imagine playing this with other people and suddenly no one wants to be near you in in the scenario because if you've gone uncontrolled and you're looking for things to devour and you want to keep your stats high it's it's as close as we've got so far i'd say to a traitor mechanic in in arkham that you've just got this this character who once she's going off on one she is a uh, final random thought actually final final thought can you play susie in standalone and by that i mean should you? Yeah, because you can't spend any XP, right? <laughs> yeah, she can upgrade apart neutral cards. From, apart from neutral, yeah. So you've got yeah, your two Time Worn Brand, your two Ornate Bow. You can't run Commit Charisma. Yeah. <laughs> your Emergency Cash Level 2 for that little uh, cantrip draw effect. Off you go. I mean, <laughs> difficult, but I, it's, it, is, yeah. it is possible. <laughs> do you think do you think the community as a whole will adopt a it's okay to put XP in Susie anyway? I would be disappointed if that was the case. And I wonder if she'll become the new Lola for we spot different versions of Susie at events. And that would be awesome if we do. It's kind of a shame that that's the case when she's so thematically tied with the blob. 
Mm. It'd be nice to just have some kind of additional rules if you're playing the blobby, everything she can do, such and such. Yeah, because there are cards that call out the manifold trait, aren't there, in blob? Oh yeah, there are. I think it's manifold enemies. Replication, find the manifold enemy with the most damage on it. Discard cards from the top of the encounter deck until another manifold enemy of equal or low printed health is discarded. Right. Yeah. Maybe maybe she should have an ability where you know it's got me and you're going to die with <laughs> it's got me. Maybe she's got a way of like consuming that. Yeah. Revelation put it's got me into play in your threat area because she can't. Yeah, that's not controlled by you, is it? If it's in your threat area. Gone off on one. Yes. Okay, bro, should we wrap up yeah. there? Listener, what do you think about Susie? Any thoughts? I imagine there are many people who've thought of all sorts of wild and wonderful ideas, and if you want to share them with us, we'd love to hear them. Yes. To do that, you can get in touch with us. We're drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com. We're drawn to the flame on social media. And if you become a patron of the cast, we're on Patreon, you can come and talk to us on our wonderful Discord as well. Peter, how can people get in touch with you? I am United around the place. That's U-N-I-T-L-E-D. I'm on Steam and Blue Sky and uh, Discord as at United. I'm on Instagram as the.United. So please say hello. How about you, Frank? I'm around the place as Zooey Glass and Zozo. So yeah, please say hello. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.